you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and of course I'm joined, as I always am, by Tom Hiscott from the Non-League Paper. Hello Tom, how are you? Good weekend? Afternoon, yeah, it was a nice family affair with Mother's Day and everything going on, and uh, yeah, some good football to write about, so it was good fun. Yeah, Mother's Day, conveniently on a Sunday, so that fathers can go and watch football on a Saturday, which is exactly what I did with my father-in-law and my father. It was a Knockholds family outing to um, Swindon Supermarine. I was, I was... Watching football at the at the wrong level, at the, 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 the yes, the the dizzy heights of the uh, of the Southern League, which I chastised you about when you told me about you watching Bath the other day, in the semi-professional ranks. But um, yes, a very pleasant afternoon I had catching up with some old friends from uh, from Portland Rovers. But anyway, that's that's football at a level that we're not talking about here. So we so we won't. So we'll stop immediately. We, uh, this is episode 16 of the podcast, and um, we'll be looking back at the week commencing um, the 21st of March. Really, it's all about the uh, the fixtures on Saturday, the 25th of March. And um, we begin our podcast this week by talking about the Les Phillips Cup game between Gillingham Town and Bradford Town. And there was a um, there was a big crowd for this one. Yeah, the final second round fixture of the uh, of, of the Les Phillips Cup to take place, uh, and it was Gillingham who were at home. And uh, as you say, a crowd of more than 100 were there uh, to enjoy a home win. It was a 2-1 win over Bradford, who had been in very good form recently. Uh, but two Harry Baker goals saw uh, Gillingham through to the quarterfinals. Uh, well, they will take on Roman Glass and George this coming Saturday. And um, we'll be bringing you the full rundown of those um, quarterfinal fixtures towards the end of the podcast. Um, we'll be going through the, mic- uh, the fixtures from the Premier Division and the, uh, the First Division as well, um, as well as running you through the, uh, the table, of course, at the end. Um, but um, we start um, then our Premier Division coverage today with Bitten at home to Clevedon Town. Yeah, an away win for, for Clevedon at the Rapid Solicitors Ground. It was a late one. Uh, Alex Cam uh, striking nine minutes from time to give them the 1-0 win over Bitten, who uh, are still very much in the relegation scrap and uh, have missed out on a point that could have done them a world of good. Now, I fear that Brislington may be suffering from the curse of me, referring to them as a team that's in good form. Um, they certainly weren't at the weekend. They were at home to Cribs, and if only there was as much to write about this game as there is um, goals that were scored. Indeed, uh, no information available uh, where I in the usual in the usual places, unfortunately, but it was a, a 4-1 win away from Cribs uh, at Brislington, but I, I'm not, not, not too aware of uh, any of the goal scorers, unfortunately. Well, we, we, uh, we move away from that game to the uh, the game of the weekend and it's the uh, it's the it's the it's the showdown at the top of the table that we've all been waiting for for some time um, Manor Farm have been in good form of late since that exit from the uh, Les Phillips Cup and of course on their heels really the only side that we felt with a realistic chance of of tracking them down which was Buckland Athletic it's the big game at Manor Farm Manor Farm versus Buckland Tom who was um, can you give us the tale of the tape <laughs> indeed and it was Bristol Manor Farm probably their most tough fixture to go uh, uh, and they managed to get a 4-1 win and they're now taking a big step towards claiming that Premier Division title uh, their 28th league win of the campaign uh, and they've extended their lead to 13 points and uh, they took the lead early in the first half through Jordan Metters uh, before Troy Simpson doubled the, doubled the advantage early in the second half and from there they never really let up uh, Ben Bamman the substitute scoring twice late on to cap the win with Jared Lewington uh, scoring consolation for Buckland but a, a 4-1 win for Bristol Farm and I don't think anyone can stop them now 
I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast the manager of Bristol Manor Farm, Lee Lyshenko. Lee, you had a fantastic win at the weekend against the team that I've singled out as your biggest promotion rivals. Is that the way that you saw it? Yeah, most definitely. Um, obviously, we, there's, there's four sides that are there. Like, you know, we respect everyone, but the four sides that probably, I believe, are like pretty equal to ourselves are Melksham, um, Street, Buckland, and obviously our, ourselves. And uh, like in, in terms of the closest competitor, Buckland placed themselves into that, that position. Um, albeit we still had quite a nice points tally ahead of them, but they did have the games in hand and they've shown in recent form that they're, they're capable of going on a big run and getting themselves back in contention too. Um, a defeat for us on Saturday would have got them within five points, but us winning obviously like, it's like a six point and then to give us a nice um, healthy cushion going into our remaining five games of the season now. So we're in a good place, but we're going to keep keep doing the, the right things to make sure that we uh, get to the finishing line sooner rather than later. You were one nil up at half time. Um, in the end, you ran out comfortable winners four um, one. But um, were you concerned? Did you have any concerns at all at half time? To, to be honest, the, the way the game was panning out was a little bit how we probably predicted it. Buckland's got some very good individual players. Obviously, the manager's a good man with lots of good football experience. So there were no surprises in terms of the way they approached us. And I don't think we probably surprised them too much either. So two sides knew that they were going up against a good side. So we, we had a lot of respect for each other at half time. One nil, one nil leads are always like not 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 great. I'd rather be one goal to the good than one goal behind. But likewise, we we know we needed to go at it again in the second half, and, and we did. And um, the early goal in the second half obviously totally settled us and uh, allowed us to probably dominate the ball more and then when we got the third goal that was probably probably it. yeah they got they got a goal back with minutes to go and, and you still like you know you still like get a little bit anxious then because you're bound to this stage of the season but then to go and get another one probably put that cross on the scoreline that I think we maybe deserved on Saturday I'm not trying to be harsh on Buckland but I think two or three goal advantage for some other form based on the performance over 90 minutes is probably uh, probably justified. Now, this isn't the first time you've spoken to the podcast. Of course, we did a, an FA Vars special. You had a fantastic run in the competition this year. You were so close um, to, uh, to to overcoming Bromgrove Sporting. But, of course, you, you, you didn't manage it. And ironically enough, um, it was Buckland who, who they faced in the next round. Um, but um, how did the team cope with uh, the exit from the Vars? Did it make your Western League campaign easier to focus on? Um. I believe, like obviously, like last season, we got one round further into the quarter, um, into quarterfinals, where we lost to the eventual winners of the tournament, Morpeth. And, and this year, I felt when we went out the bronze groves that they would take some take some stopping based on their their home advantage. With if they got drawn at home with the crowd that they got there, it is very advantageous to to them. Um, yeah, games do build up when you go on long FA Vaz like the runs and uh, but it's one I felt the squad could cope with on, on both uh, but in both competitions as I said to you at the time and um, likewise it did make us extra determined to make sure that we got what I consider our uh, just desserts in the league campaign this year and we're on the threshold of achieving that if we look again we've got a hard tough game coming up um, week tomorrow away at Will and Rovers who are another very good club at this level with another good manager and a good great set up down there so we know we've got to go go and make sure we do the business that, that day but likewise the, the exit from the FA Vaz 
all I can say to you is I felt that the lads snapped out of it quickly. It's dealt with the disappointment in the right way that I expected them. And um, our, our results since then are showing that. Yeah, we've had the odd, like, not a flip, even though you, when you go away to the size of Melchon Town, you, you know you're up against it and they're, they're a very good side. And we, on that, not lost 2-1. It, it just happened to come at a weekend where we got not out of a Les Phillips Cup match uh, in a competition as well. So the, the disappointment of getting knocked out of the FA Bands is dealt with quickly by the good character that the lads are showing this season. And um, hopefully we're, we're nearing in on, on, on league glory, which is obviously was always going to be our priority this time around. If we look back over the last couple of months, you've played all of the big boys uh, in the in the Premier Division, and um, you talked about the Melksham um, defeat. But you went away to Street, who've been um, on your heels in second place for much of this season, and you won there. You uh, you played Bradford Town, who've been in a good run of form, and you had a good win of uh, you had a good win against them. And of course, then going in to uh, to Buckland. If you if you think about all of the sides that you've faced at the top of the uh, of the of the Western Premier Division this season. Which teams have impressed you the most? Well, like, like I said, the, the four that are in around the street, Buckland and um, Melksham, are all very good. And it, like, it's, it's, it's basically like a hair's breadth uh, um, uh, away from us all in terms of, like, on, on all of our good days, we're probably the best side in the league. Um, it's just probably about consistency over, over the space of like over the period of the 38 game season. And at the moment, we seem to be showing that the best of the four of us, if, if you know what I mean by that. But what's in it, so I'm well aware that on, on any any given day, any one of those four sides that I mentioned in there, like Street, Buckland and Melksham, are sides that would be worthy worthy champions of, of a league. And they've been put together by you know, like, like good good clubs and good good management teams there. And, and uh, like they're, they're all, they've all impressed me. I mean, um, they've, they've all got goal scorers within their groups, that are within their sides that like, like they're deadly on their day. Like I believe we've got two or three at Bristol Manor Farm. They got good influential players within their midfield and like good like, and their defensive show up that they don't conceive any goals. So you know, I think the Western League this season, especially, has been a been a credit to the division because you do hear um, statements made by people and probably true about it not being a standard that it used to be back in the day and maybe the seven league above has become what the Western League used to be like but you know, but what, what I'd say to you is this year there's a definite big bit of competitiveness around the top of the table and I think that stems from the clubs wanting to progress as well you, what you've got now is four or five sides occupying the top berths in the division that all want to become seven league clubs so that only aids for the competition and the standards of facilities and everything so uh, so basically like a, like, like I said there is there's a, there's a lot of a muchness amongst the all really and we're all, uh, we're all just like trying to trying to win a league and we're all doing our utmost to do that and hopefully this time around it'll be Bristol Manor Forest's turn to, to do that and go on to the next level You've been frighteningly consistent this season uh, which is why you, you sit on top of the uh, uh, on top of the table the, the show's not over till the fat lady sings the fat lady hasn't sung yet but come the final analysis if you if you do achieve um, the top spot at the end of the season are you ready to take Bristol Manor Farm into the Southern League? Yeah, the club's ready to ready to go. It's all been signed off, um, ready to go for the next level. With that, with the the, the Southern Committee cut down and check on going doing our facilities over. So we're we're ready to go. Um, in terms of the squad, yeah, I believe I believe so much in this group of players that they can achieve at the next level without without a shadow. Yeah, you always look to recruit a couple of players every pre-season. It's good and healthy to keep your current like group of players on their toes. And competition is good. I think, like I've always said. The best times in football is when you're entering a dressing room as a player 
and no one unless you like you've got to play well to keep your shirt basically you're like it's no good just you know, being carried by anybody and the competition is healthy and it's good so if you've got a dressing room full of good players all playing to the top levels then you know that your side's going to be hard to beat and, and you should win a lot of football matches so as a club we're ready to go the ambition's been shown from the chairman through, through to the, the other committee members and uh, like you say it, it, it's one that this season yeah we hopefully we're going to enjoy a, a big moment in the club's history the first time we've won the Western League and it, like, probably enjoy that for a couple of days and then we start planning for the, for the next chapter in, in the club's history well, before we get ahead of ourselves, we, there is the small matter of a uh, of a Gloucester uh, Cup game tonight. Um, you're you're at home. You're against Fairford Town, and the chance of of more what the chance of silverware for the fans this season. Yeah, definitely is a cup competition that served the, the club well over over recent seasons. Uh, in the last two years, I've like you know, been at the club for uh, this is my fourth season, but in the two seasons prior to, to this one, we've won this competition. Um, we beat Charlton two seasons ago, and we beat Living Town last season. And we now find ourselves in a semi-final against a uh, side that's doing very well also in their league. So we know it's going to be a hard task. It's one that maybe we can um, like have a look at, like with. Um, I'll back all the players we've got on the side, but maybe more consistent performance, performance over the season can probably will be picked tonight because obviously we haven't got a game on Saturday and it's one that we're definitely looking to be in the final of, albeit it's a shame they stake it two days before a final game of the season um, because obviously if there is a lot uh, on that final game of the season you've got a prioritise a situation and sometimes you can't put a strong side out in the Gloucester Cup final it should be a showpiece final for uh, for the FA um, it, it, you can't put a strong side as you probably would normally like to have done but that, that said I feel that we're in a situation now where we can be a little bit clever with it but look to prioritise tonight's game and make sure we get ourselves to, to another final of this competition you mentioned earlier in the interview that your next league game is against Willen Rovers. That's on the 5th of April. Um, you've got um, four um, away games coming up in a row and then the final home game on the 29th uh, of April against, um, against Sherbourne Town. And I'm sure that you and your fans and your players will hope that there will be a real party atmosphere to celebrate that at the Creek. Most definitely, yeah. Like that's obviously that always... You're always the goal in any season when you start it off is to, to, to have things of importance going on right to the end. Um, and obviously, hopefully, the last game of the season is one of celebration uh, for what a great season it's been in, in, in all aspects. Um, and hopefully, we're in a situation now, we're nearing in on a situation where that can, can be the case. And if it does become that, that the way, then obviously, there's lots and lots of people that are um, connected to Bristol Manor Farm even before my time, long before my time, we've had some really good good sides at Bristol Manor Farm, we've had some really great managers, and Chris Rex, and Fisher, people like that, but Johnny Blackburn was there before me, they're all, all people that served this club well, and hopefully in, in, in their way, on that day, if we're in a position of celebration, which I believe we will be, we can get as many of these people down to the club, I know some are connected to clubs elsewhere, but it'd be nice to see as many familiar faces, or people that have been part of Bristol Manor Farm, to help celebrate everything together, so that we're all part of it and ready to go I go again next season but like you say oh, it isn't lost on me that like uh, whilst I've been here this has been four, four years I've been here for some other but it was, a bit, it was a very big good club before I came along uh, long before I came along so everyone's been part of Bristol Manor Farm and history and hopefully we're making new history as, as we go along now, moving on to uh, Chipping Sodbury Town. They were at home to Willand Rovers. Yeah, and a, and a way win for Willand. Uh, all three goals coming in the first half. Uh, 
First up was Matt Dawson and Mike Williams scoring in the, in the uh, 20, first 20 minutes uh, of the fixtures to put them in command, uh, with Ryan Guppy then adding a goal just before the break, uh, but, and then they held on to defeat Chipping Sudbury uh, 3-0. And a big crowd of 109 um, saw saw that game. Um, now they're moving into the basement and um, Hallam versus Sherbourne Town. And uh, Hallam did themselves and their survival chances the power of good. Yeah, these two were bottom, uh, the bottom and the bottom plus one side coming into the weekend. Uh, battle between the bottom two and it was Hallam who stormed to victory. Uh, a 4-1 win at home. So they're 3-0 up at the break uh, thanks to goals from Aaron Anglin, Tom Collett and Scott Thomas. Uh, just as Willand were, of course, and indeed they pushed on in the second half uh, after Sherborne had pulled a goal back and then Hallen had had Santiago Escalano sent off. Uh, the ten men actually managed to score the final goal of the game with Collett scoring a second 20 minutes from time. What a name, eh? That's, he's, he's got name of the week. Final uh, match then in the Premier Division. Um, biggest crowd of the day. It won't surprise you to learn that that was, uh, that was at Melksham Town. They were at home to Bridport. Bridport have, um, have been in poor form of late, I think it would be fair to say, and uh, that continued. Yeah, Melksham, uh, a fine 3-0 win, another home win this weekend, uh, and it was thanks to a, a brace from Luke Ballinger, uh, plus a goal from Dave Thompson, helping them to uh, a big win over Bridport. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's uh... a hand. Yes, it's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah, I've selected paints, cables, sealant, and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand, and it's ready to collect in twenty minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Now then, we turn our attention to the first division, and uh, we open up with uh, Bishop Sutton. They secured a very impressive home victory against um, the unlikely relegation survivalists, Almondsbury Uwe. Yeah, they have a, a recent upturn in form, came to an almighty halt, uh, Almondsbury. A 6-0 loss at Bishop Sutton, uh, and it was an, an, an unfortunate own goal that set the home side on their way. Uh, before Alex Chapman scored a double just before half-time to put them 3-0 up at the break. Uh, and then they added three more goals after the half-time, in fact, with Omar Simpson scoring twice. And there was also a goal for Courtney Charles. Calm Town were at home to Canesham Town. High-flying Canesham coming away with all three points. Yeah, second win on the bounce for Canesham at just the right time. Uh, goals uh, both in the first half coming from the two mats, Kernock and uh, Brown. And that was a, a good away win for them. And Chippenham Park were at home to Ashton and Backwell United. Yeah, Chippenham Park have been doing really well of late. I think this is a seventh win in eight. And they found themselves 2-0 down at home to Ashton and Backwell, as you mentioned, uh, but before storming back to, to claim the win with Aaron Legister, Darren Moss and Scott Fear helping them move up to 13th. Now, it's uh, good to see that the curse of the podcast is alive and well, and uh, this time befalling Malmesbury Victoria, last week's um, guests, of course. Um, they travelled to Corsham Town. Biggest crowd uh, in the First Division on Saturday, but, um, well, how did it go, Tom? Incredibly, it was Corsham. Uh, their first win in 11 games. Uh, they'd been on a horrible run, uh, but uh, Josh Bright's... Uh, double uh, helped them to a 2-0 win over Malmesbury really impressive for them and they ease their relegation fears a little bit High-flying Wellington travelled to Devizes Devizes have had some funny results um, recently but um, they seem to be at the races this weekend um, holding um, the uh, the league leaders Yeah, the former league leaders did actually go ahead uh, through Connor Bryant 
uh, in just the 15th minute and looked to be headed towards all three points uh, before Bryant actually uh, inadvertently put the ball into his own net, uh, deflecting across from Luke Enderby and uh, managed to give Devizes a, a share of the points. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Wellington manager Clive Jones. Clive, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the podcast. Um, you played Devizes at the weekend. We'll have a chat about that game um, in a minute, but um, you've been on a good run of form recently. You've had very good wins against Cheddar and Wing Canton in recent weeks, um, and uh, you're going well at the top of the table. We're just really pleased that the season's going. You know, we're, we're way ahead of where I thought we'd be this year. So for us to be up beating the likes of Cheddar and Wincanton, we just take it in our stride and see where we can take it. People have pointed out to me that we seem to have lost our form. Well, I disagree. We're just coming up against new challenges every game. Um, so we're more than happy how it's going. Because you've set expectations high this season because you have been on top of the table for so long. Is that something that you expected to do at the beginning of this season? No. Complete opposite. My my remit was when I took over last year was to make us more competitive. I thought if we could come in the top eight, I'd be more than happy. But then, obviously, we started off so well, bearing in mind we played our first eight games away from home. It was like a snowball effect. Uh, and we just kept going. But in fairness, teams have caught us up and we're finding it a bit harder now, but we're enjoying it. It is very competitive at the top of the first division. Two sides go up. Um, are you still hopeful yeah. that you can be one of those two? Yes, yes, I am. But it's not the be-all and end-all for us at Wellington. We've got to put other things in place. Um, we didn't set out the season trying to win promotion. You just see how good you are and challenge everybody. So, like I said, it's not the be-all and end-all, but yeah, obviously now we're in this position, I want to try to come in the top two. And I know the players do. So we talked a bit about those games um, against um, Cheddar uh, and Henry yes. Canton. I mean, before you played Cheddar, you, you played Hengrove uh, in the in the Les Phillips Cup. Um, yes, of, we did. of the teams that you've come up against this season, who who have been the strongest? Do you think in the first division? Oh, that's an easy one for me. When we played Portishead early in the season, that is the best team I've seen all season. I don't know if they changed their players, but they beat us early in the season two 0 and I thought they were outstanding. It was one of the best games we played, yet they beat us 2-0. Um, since then, Cheddar are good. Hengrove were my tip before the ball was kicked, and they still are because they're so well organised. They've got a top management team in place. But we've given a few of them some headaches, and we're still in there fighting. Now, at the weekend, um, you, yeah. uh, you, you went to Devizes, and you had, yes. a, you had a draw. How did you see that game? We, weren't, we didn't play very well. The players were disappointed after the game. We didn't play very well. We ended up drawing, which I think, if you're honest, if I'm honest, was a fair result. But we didn't play very well. You know, there's no excuses. It was just one of those days we never got going, uh, and a draw was a fair result. Which is what we've tried to change this season. We try to be more consistent. We are now a very hard team to beat, but then we stop playing ourselves sometimes, and that's what happened Saturday. You're, you're back on your travels um, uh, for your next match on the on the 5th yeah. of April. You, you, you travel to Warminster. Are you targeting three points from that game? We've got to. You know, we played Warminster at home and I was impressed. I was really impressed with their midfield. But if we want to come in this top two, we need something from that game. But there is no gimmies, as you've said earlier. It's a close league. Um, it's a long distance for us to play on a Wednesday night. 
you know, you must be talking 60, 70 miles, but we're prepared and we will try everything to win the game, but it will be tough. You've got six games left, including that Warminster game. Only two of yeah. them. Only two of them are at home. Do you think that's going to be a factor come the final analysis? It might be. It might be because I'm really proud of the fact we're unbeaten at home in the league this season. Must be a few years since Wellington have done that. But we will give it our best shot, and we'll. All I've said to the players: make it hard for everybody else to come above us, and that's all we can do. And uh, also honours even between Portishead and Wincanton Town. It was indeed uh, another one-all draw uh, at Bristol Road, and it was Kieran Marsden equalising late on to secure the draw for Portishead, uh, who had fallen behind to a, a Tom Morris goal for Wincanton, but a one-all draw there, yeah. Uh, Radstock Town, the Miners, they were in um, winning form at Southfield Recreation Ground when they when they took on Warminster Town. Yeah, and a home win for uh, Radstock now up to fifth, and they're doing really well. Uh, James Rustle goal just after the hour mark, uh, leading them to the victory. And um, well, it's Hengrove now. It's 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 the it's time for the weekly Hengrove. Your weekly Hengrove loving. And um, I don't even have to. I don't even have to ask you how Hengrove got on because um, because we know they won um, earlier in the week. Actually, we should say that Hengrove travelled to Chippenham Park. And, and I know you had that down as a game where you thought that was Chippenham Park difficult to beat at home. You thought you thought Hengrove might come unstuck there, didn't you? I did, uh, and that wasn't to be the case, of course. Uh, a 2-0 win for Hengrove on Tuesday evening. Uh, Asa White scoring yet another goal uh, in that fixture. And then they continued on their way on, on, on Saturday as well. Another away win, uh, 3-0 at Roman Glass St George. Uh, it was actually 0-0 at half-time, uh, so there was uh, reason, to, reason to be worried that they, their winning run would come to an end. Uh, but a double from uh, Lewis Dunn and also a goal from Elliot Saunders fired them to another win. And I thought um, Roman Glass was going to be the stiffer of the two tests because we know Roman Glass have been in good form of late. They're very good at home. Uh, and um, I did think that Hengrove might, if they were going to come unstuck, they were going to, they were going to come unstuck there. We, we had interesting Hengrove facts. Um, is that last week, of course, we talked about the fact that the last time they lost, Barack Obama was in the White House. Well, I went back and I looked. The last time they conceded a goal, the last team that they've conceded a goal against was none other than Welton Rovers. So that is one Green Army meeting another Green Army. But it just goes to show, don't ask me when that was. No. I think it was I think it was early February. It was early February anyway. Um, how early, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, Hengrove winning then 3-0. And um, that, with that, they go top of the, uh, the first division, don't they? Uh, I mean... They are the t- they've been the team to beat for a while now and the others have all sort of slipped up. Uh, they've let Hengrove in and they've just kept winning, uh, kept not conceding, kept scoring goals and they are top of the table uh, as we hit. Most teams have around six games to go and they are the team to, team to catch now. We do keep on trying our best to put the mockers on them, don't we? But um, no, they still they still go. Anyway, we've got one game left in the first division, and that was Westbury United at home to Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, six league wins on the bounce now for Westbury. Uh, Ricky Holbert scoring twice in their win, uh, a three-one uh, victory at home to Oldland Abertonians. Uh, really impressive for them. Right now, it's the uh, that time in the podcast where we have a look at the um, the fixtures that are coming up um, this week. Um, we're in action. The action starts on Tuesday, the twenty eighth of March. Well, me. We've also got those Les Phillip Cup games on uh, on Saturday, which um, we'll have a look at. We've got a few County Cup games as well. But do you want to do you want to kick us off then, Tom, with um, with with the action on Tuesday? Yeah, we've got three Premier Division uh, fixtures on Tuesday evening. With Cribs travelling to Buckland Athletic, Gillingham Town hoping to defeat. Bitten at home, and then Cadbury Heath will be travelling to 
Shepton Mallet. In the Gloucester FA Challenge Trophy semi-final, we have Bristol Manor Farm hosting Fairford, where they'll hope to meet Cadbury Heath, who have already qualified for the final in a, what will be an all-tall station affair. And then in the Somerset FA Premier Cup on Tuesday evening, we have Brisington hosting uh, Conference Southside Western Supermare and Cagesham Town hosting Taunton in what should be a, a, an interesting affair. Yeah, I mean both of the, uh, the Western League sides in that Southern, in that Somerset Premier Cup um, will be the underdogs, but they're both at home. So, you know, two games there. You'd hope that one of them could pull off an unlikely, um, an unlikely shock. Yeah, this is the time of the season when uh, you can take on teams of the higher division who probably are concentrating on league matters. I know for a fact Western Supermare uh, down the wrong end of the Conference South and probably concentrating on on uh, maintaining their survival in that division. So a good chance for Brisington to get back to winning ways and uh, maybe maybe create a bit of a shock. Right then. Well, here's a, here's a call to arms for you podcasters. Um, this one goes out to the entire Tool Station Western League family. Oldland Abertonians have got a game on Wednesday evening, 7.30 kickoff. They're at home, and who are they playing? It's Hengrove Athletic. Now, if you want to watch some excellent, outstanding football from a side that hasn't conceded since early February and I don't think has lost since De- um, December of last year, then um, I suggest you get along to, to Oldland Abertonians and, um, uh, and take in a very good game of football. I mean, can Hengrove keep their winning run going? Um, can they keep their clean sheet count going? Um, I'm sure Oldland fans will have something to say about that. But um, certainly a fascinating um, a fascinating team to play. And um, Hengrove, of course, also in action on Saturday in the Les Phillips Cup. But I'll let Tom run you through those, um, through those quarterfinal fixtures. Yeah, the, the four quarterfinals take place this Saturday, all three o'clock kickoffs. A big clash between Melksham Town and Buckland Athletic to kick us off. And then we've also got Roman Glass St George, of course, the conquerors of Bristol Manor Farm in the previous round. They host Gillingham Town. Cribs, uh, coming off the back of a really good win on Saturday, they travel to take on Shepton Mallet. And then, obviously, a repeat of last year's final, we've got Woolland Rovers hosting Hengrove Athletic. Yeah, um, another... Premier Division against um, First Division fixture and because Hengrove have been going so well it does raise a mouth-watering opportunity you know you, w- you would think that if ever there was going to be interest in the latter stages of the Les Phillips Cup Hengrove's form would suggest that they couldn't just go on to get to the semi-final but even regardless of who they play have the possibility of getting to the final again and, um, and defending their cup Indeed, uh, a repeat of last year's final as I said, away at Willand who are doing well themselves in, in, the, in the Premier uh, not going to be an easy tie for Hengrove but they are confident, uh, they're in form uh, no reason why that shouldn't be a, a mouth-watering clash. And obviously, as, as well as I've also mentioned, the, the Melksham-Buckland game. I mean, there, there will be a big crowd, we know that. And uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to seeing who comes out on top in the four-court finals this Saturday. Well, we'll um, take you into the um, the Premier Division now. We've got, despite those um, Les Phillips Cup games, there is still four um, ties to be played. Indeed, uh, we have Bridport hosting Longwell Green Sports, Brislington taking on Chipping Sodbury Town, uh, bottom club Sherborne really in need of a win against uh, a very strong street side, and then Bitten who were desperate to get back to winning ways, uh, and they will take on Wells City. And then down in the first division, we have Bishop Sutton against Chippenham Park, Cheddar will need a win at, towards the top of the table, they'll take on Chard Town, Bishop Lydia are travelling to take on Corsham Town, Oldland Abertonians versus bottom side Almondsbury Uwe, uh, we've got Radstock Town away at Portishead Town and then Warminster Town at home to Devizes Town and another town in Wincanton they finish us off they host Welton Rovers 
Now, in something of a departure um, for the podcast, we um, Tom was very keen to um, shine a light on those footballers who um, have been in uh, the goal-scoring charts. We've had some very impressive feats from not just um, one or two players, but there's been quite a number who've been in regular scoring action, Tom. And, and who's caught your eye this season? I mean, in just looking at sort of goal scorers, we've got 20 or so more league goals uh, with about five or six fixtures to go, as I said earlier. Uh, in the Premier Division, Troy Simpson of uh, Bristol Manor Farm is currently leading the way on 26. Obviously, some of those goals did come from odd down earlier in the season. Uh, and then close on his tail, we've got Matt Huxley and Gary Higdon of Cadbury Heath and Melksham Town, uh, respectively, on 25 goals. And then we've got another Bristol Manor Farm uh, player in Dean Stamp on 22. But that should be a, an interesting race to get the, uh, the, uh, the leading goal scorer in the Premier Division. And then down in the first division, we've got Hengrove's uh, Asa White, who um, continues to, to flourish. Uh, he's got 27 league goals this season. Uh, Canesham Town uh, striker Matthew Brown is close on, his, uh, close on his tail with 24 goals. He's a free behind, and then we've got three players on, on 21 goals who've had really fine seasons, and uh, we'll obviously want him to add to this tally uh, as the season comes to an end. We've got Connor Williams of Wink- Wincanton Town. Sam Parker of Malmesbury, Victoria, and then Callum Ham, uh, my favourite favourite name of the bunch. He, uh, he plays for Cheddar. He also has 21 goals. Ham and cheese. There you go. You get it all here. Right then, um, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, actually, in the next couple of podcasts, because of course, as we get closer to the end of the season, it will be interesting to see who who um, who sort of figures at the top of the goal scoring charts. Not necessarily just in each division, but overall as well, because um, you know Asa White there. 27 goals for Hengrove at the moment is the leading scorer in the Tall Station Western League and of course Hengrove as you will probably have worked out are something of a of a pet team for us here in the podcast and um, and uh, you know at the moment I'm feeling very strongly um, that um, you know they're, they're in their form it'll be interesting to see how many he gets between now and the end of the season and um, what a final what a Les Phillips final it would be um, if we had um um, Hengrove against one of the Premier Division's big boys, one of their promotion chasers, Melksham or Buckland. But of course, tune in next week to find out how those um, Les Phillips Cup games have um, have uh, uh, have transpired. Or of course, you could always visit the Tool Station Westerly website, where um, where Tom will be telling you about his bulletin that comes out. Anyway, um, time for us to have a look at the divisions. Certainly, we're not in the final knockings. Uh, um, sort of, no, there are no foregone conclusions. But I think Bristol Manor Farm have done themselves a power of good with that with that win over Buckland. They sit on the top of the Premier Division. They have played 33. They've won 28 games. They've got 87 points. Uh, Street in second, game in hand, but they've won 23 games. They've got 74 points. So that's a 13 point gap now between Street and Manor Farm. Melksham in third. Um, again, 32 games games played they're on 73 points Buckland Athletic sitting in fourth 31 games played 70 points and then there's a six point gap between Buckland and Bradford Town looking at the bottom which is arguably a lot more uh, entertaining at the moment uh, Sherbourne sitting right in the bottom position in 20th played 33 they've got 13 points four points ahead of them bitten so there's a bit of daylight there 31 played two games in hand as well of course 17 points just above them Halland 33 games played 18 points now I can't 
can't really see Longwell Green Sports getting sucked into it. They've played 31, um, got 22 points. You never know, but it's going to be the bottom two go down. And who's going to replace them? That's the uh, that's the conundrum in the first division. Hengrove at the moment, have um, they've hit the front in some sort of Olympic race. You know, we've got the old um, 1,500 metres. They've come round the final bend and they've, they've been lurking on the shoulder of the front runners. Um, we've talked about Wellington. We've had... Uh, Canesham on the podcast we've had Cheddar on the podcast we've got Radstock now up in fifth but now Hengrove played 35 76 points Wellington played 36 76 points Canesham played 38 75 points and then Cheddar who at one point looked like it was it was really theirs um, to uh, to secure if they could continue winning they haven't been able to and now they've slipped back a little bit they've played 35 and they're on 70 points a long way from being out of it but form so important at this point in the uh, in the season, Tom. And um, can we see Hengrove staying at the top of the first division? That's the question. I mean, they're level with Wellington, who who have only played one game more than them. It's definitely not, as you say, a foregone conclusion. Uh, nothing is quite yet. It's still seven seven fixtures left for Hengrove to to get through, um, and they will have cup action this Saturday, which will. Will bear on their minds a, a little bit, so um, it's definitely not not finished yet. But they have hit the front, uh, and they are the team team in form, and they're the team to catch. Well, sitting at the bottom of the first division, of course, Armandsbury lost at the weekend, and um, they are they've got thirty six played, twenty five points, and now Khan sitting just above them, thirty five played, thirty one points. Then it's Caution played thirty six, thirty two points, and Welton above them. Um, but Armandsbury, I think, are going to have to go. They're going to have to go back to the well yeah. to see if they can find anything to go again. Yeah, find another another set of set of good results for them. I mean, Caution's win on on the weekend has uh, moved them up a spot. Um, at the vital, vital moment. Bamersbury have shown that they can can string results together, and it's it's still still not not finished for them mathematically. And I think they've they've got it in them to to to, kind of, to get out of the situation they're in. But it is going to take some some uh, some performances from them uh, over the over the final month of the season. Now then, Tom, the um, the bulletin that you do for the Western League that is currently available on the website, isn't it? It's uh, along one of the tabs at the top of the uh, on the homepage uh, that has all the, the fixtures, results, uh, reports, tables, top goal scorers, and, and stuff like that. And so yeah, that's uh, that's on the website. And if listeners can't wait for their for their shot in the arm for the um, um, for the Western League uh, results, I know that there is a, a results um, service that comes out with all of the with, with the results pretty quickly after the game. But also the website gets updated. How quickly does your bulletin um, come out? There's a question for you. I think it's usually on uh, Sunday sort of Sunday lunchtime. Uh, it should be up on the website. Um, as long as as long as I can get all the the relevant information in in place in time. Yes. Well, there's a there's a call out there for all club secretaries to get Tom his um, information in good order. That's if you can't wait for the podcast. We do like to get it out on a Tuesday, of course. Uh, you can hear us. We're accessible through the Toolstation website and, of course, on iTunes. Would you believe it? Anyway, um, and uh, well, if you, for one final hit in the arm, it's um, Tom's um, column in the non-league paper. Um, I'm I'm assuming that you're in print this week. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Two hundred and fifty words. Uh, on the uh, looking back at the Premier Division, uh, with a keen eye shown on uh, the top of the table, Bristol Manor Farms win over Buckland, and also toward the bottom with uh, Hallands four-one uh, win over Sherborne. Uh, both both looked at. Well, if we thought we had a exciting week to look back on this week, I think um, the uh, the Toolstation Western Leagues 
Cup competition, the Les Phillips Cup, really is um, coming into coming into life. It's going to be fascinating to see. Um, not well, pretty much all all four games uh, are, are mouth-watering prospects, aren't they? It'll be a, be a fascinating podcast um, next week um, for the uh, for the listeners to tune in on. Tom. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, um, seeing who comes out on top, especially the the Melksham and the Willen games uh, in particular. Uh, there's some high-class teams going head-to-head. And uh, we've got to the business end of that competition, and we know how prestigious it is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing what happens uh, this Saturday. Right, well, you can tune in this time next week, of course, and um, uh, hear the rundown on all those games, all the goal scores, all the news and views from the Tool Station Western League. But from myself, Ian Knockholds, and from Tom Hiscott, uh, this has been uh, the Tool Station Western League podcast. Mm-hmm.